Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, the Utah Jazz do it. They pound the Clippers. Mike Conley has his breakout game. His shot's falling. He has a huge game. And, of course, it's all against the backdrop that Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Yeah, I know. Resting him. Load management. They had a back-to-back. Why fly him to Utah? Save the airplane flight. Of course, the game was on ESPN. I don't really care about the visiting fans. I care more about their fans. They're going to play them at home and save them the airplane trip. Get more bang for your buck with the rest, and I get that. But holy cow, man. ESPN and TNT are paying a lot of money, and then they don't get the stars? Seems like a bad plan to me. Seems like there at some point there has to be some kind of payback for that, but we'll see how that shakes out. All right, the Jazz get the win. That's the thing you all care about, and the best of the Jazz postgame show is coming up later this hour, and we'll hear from the players and Coach Quinn Snyder as the Jazz get the win and improve to 4-1 and one on the year, and now they got to go play the Kings and the Clippers on the road. And usually when you play a team twice in a week, you tend to split with them. We'll see if they lose these next two or if they're able to sweep one of these teams. The Kings are having their issues, that's for sure. So we'll see how that works out. At Game 7 of the World Series, how about the Nationals? Rallying. Big inning, scoring in the 7th, 8th, and ninth, and winning 6-2. to two. It was 2 nothing. Looked like they were in trouble. Granke was really cruising. And then, it, you know, it's all, the, it's all the guys who've come through, you know. Soto had a big hit. Rendon had a big hit. Eaton had a big hit. Of course, Howie Kendrick had a big hit, obviously. And the Nationals come back and win it. So the road team wins all seven games, and the Nationals have their first title ever. They were the Expos, of course, and didn't win there. Maybe they could have in 94. They had a pretty good team in 94. That might have been their year. So, But now the Nationals have the title, and Houston's beaten in seven. All right, we're going to talk a little college football right now. Kyle Whittingham, PK and I went up to uh, talk with him Tuesday's last media availability before the Utes play Washington, and here is Kyle Whittingham with the media. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the NCAA ruling today? No, not really. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't had time to study what the ruling was. I know it was, you know, in favor of trying to get some some pay for play going on, but uh, I'm sure they're going to get it all worked out, and it'll all be equitable in the end. Right now, I don't know enough about it, have enough facts to give you any input at all. Give me a, give me a little bit to study it. So you got Gary versus Kalani and Jay Hill versus Troy Taylor this week. Oh, really? Awesome. How much right. pride do you take in tree and Well, I love all those guys, and, and uh, they did a great job for us while we were here. And I'm wishing them all success. And uh, that should be some entertaining games this week. Yeah, but they all can't win. You know, you're they all for can't them. win. You're right. I'm, I don't know. I'm rooting for them all. How about that? How about that? What do you What do you do to prepare for? You know, obviously it's cold here. Different elements throughout the time of the year. I mean, how do you get guys to, to acclimate to that kind of stuff? You don't really know where you're, what kind of weather you're going to get in these environments. Are you talking about this particular week's game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be about 50 a kickoff is what we hear, and, and uh, very slim chance of rain, 5% chance. So so we think it's going to be pretty decent weather compared to what we're practicing here. We, we're outside today with half the team, and, and tomorrow we'll flip-flop. And, and uh, so I don't think that'll be a, an issue this week. Now, as you get deeper into the season, you know, some of the weeks uh, could get a little nastier, but, but we're all right. We're equipped for it. We're built for it. You had a good ranking when you played SC, and it seemed like SC got a little extra up for that, and here you are back in the top 10, and Washington isn't. Would you address that with your guys to make sure that you're prepared for any emotion that they may come out with because you're higher ranked? Oh, yeah, we're going to get their best shot. We're getting everyone's best shot, and that's not something that we, we, uh, 
you know, that's something we definitely understand and we know and we talk about it. And we also talk about blocking out the noise and the distractions and not worrying about rankings or anything of that nature. We just got to take care of business one week at a time. That's all we got to do. At this point in the season, has every coaching staff kind of got to the bottom of their bag of tricks or can you still get surprised with stuff you see during a game no matter how much film work you do? Oh, there's an infinite bag of tricks. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to run out of that. And, and uh, you know, you, you get a good feel for for who the teams are and what their base philosophies are and their base offense, base defense. But there's there's always wrinkles that they can uh, come up with. And that, that goes all the way through bowl prep or bowl season. It's uh, It never ends. With, with Andy's experience, I mean, does that allow him to kind of more uh, plan for the full season instead of game by game? Obviously, there's the game by game, you know, plans. But is he able to maybe institute something in one week that you could utilize later that allows him? Oh, sure. You know I mean? Yeah, I think he does a phenomenal job of, of piecing it all together and, and everything fits and there, there's things that, you know, that each play has complementary plays to that play and, and uh, yeah, you look at, you know, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint and you got to be equipped to, to handle the whole season. I think uh, he does a great job of it. Is that what separates him from maybe some of your past coordinators? Uh, you know, I can't say that for certain. I just know that, uh, you know, he's a, an experienced vet. He's a seasoned vet. I think he's the most experienced coordinator in the country as far as tenure. I, you know, somebody told me that. I didn't research it, but he's got a lot of experience and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, years to draw from for, you know, putting together a, a plan every week for the t- full 12 games, 13 games, whatever it is. It's easy to look at Tyler Huntley and say he's playing the best football of his career, but is he really just picking up where he left off in those last four games before he got hurt last year? Is this really, did the did the flip, did the switch flip before that? It definitely started to, and he was. I think he's playing better now than at any point last year, but you could see him coming on and starting to, to really gain momentum, and uh, you know who knows where it would have been if he hadn't got hurt last year, but, but yeah, you started to see it flicker last year, but it's on full flame this year. Is a 1 o'clock start even better when you're on the road as opposed to home? I think so, because uh, you get home at a, at a better hour and you're able to get back up and get to work the next day, and and uh, <laughs> it's a it's a little more uh, conducive for the for the athletes not getting them home at four in the morning. I mean that's that's tough on them. So we should be uh, home at a decent hour and and uh, back to business. Less dead time, less dead time. Absolutely. Yep. Forgive me if this is an unfair question, but if you can if you can separate Kyle Whittingham from University of Utah, is this a matchup with with Washington that you take personally, being kind of the only Pac-12 school you haven't found much success against? Uh, no, I don't take it personally, but it, you know we're motivated to, to try to get a win, and and, and uh, you know it was what was it 215, 2015, the last yeah. time we won there, so it's been a you know it's been a while, and and uh, but it's not a, a personal vendetta or anything like that. So that was a fair question. <laughs> yeah. There's Kyle Whittingham with the media. When we come back, our college football insider, who is really sure the Utes are going to win, Riley Jensen, joins us next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
Join Hans and Scotty Friday from noon to 3. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. Time now to talk a little college football. Riley Jensen is here for his weekly visit. He joins us, of course, on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Good morning, guys. Any any big games going on this week? I've got my TV schedule planned out. I got the Utes in Washington at two. I got USC and Oregon at six. I got BYU and Utah State at eight. Everything else has to fit in around that. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're, you're going to have a good Saturday. A Lined Saturday. up, ready to go. Now, why don't we start with your alma mater first, the Wagon Wheel, BYU. So trying to figure out here with a couple teams – why am I so fired up about a, a, a couple of teams that have both lost two out of three? I am ready for this game. It seems like whoever wins, yeah, whoever wins this kind of fixes things, gets on the right in the right deal. And you know, for Utah State, it's they're in the division race and they'll have some momentum beating BYU because I don't think they really felt good about themselves for about a month now. And for BYU, it's been a total roller coaster. But if they win this, they're four and four, and they ought to be seven and four going to San Diego State for the finale. Playing for an eighth win. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think if you're a BYU fan right now, I think you got to be pretty excited about this opportunity. Uh, I mean, if if you watched Utah State play the last two weeks, it has not it has not been pretty. And I know the Nevada game looks like a blowout. It was thirty six to three. They they did not play well in that game. Obviously against LSU, um, you're you're just not going to play well against the top five team in the country, and then. You know, last week, I, I, I mean, I, it was a head scratcher as much as BYU fans have been head, head scratching. You know, a Toledo loss or a, or a South Florida loss. The Utah State loss was just ugly on Saturday, and so I have, I have no idea what to expect, other than, I do think that Gary Anderson will have their attention this week. I do feel that coming off of a loss, these guys will be. Excited to be at home. I think the Utah State's played a little bit better at home than they have on the road, and it's gonna—it's got all the makings for a great rivalry game. And I think there's a lot on the line. Um, number one for Utah State and for Gary Anderson. Um, I think it's a big deal to beat BYU. It'll be huge for them to beat them three times in a row on the recruiting trail. And I think it's a big deal for BYU in the sense that they've got to turn around that momentum. You know, and and kind of build on the momentum of the Boise State game, and then they've got to be able to say, "Hey, look, you know, we've been able to win some rivalry games. We haven't won against Utah, but we beat Boise State, we beat Utah State, and we're going the right direction." I think, I think there's all kinds of narratives that come out of this game for either team that wins it. So always hear losing team. We got to work harder. We got to clean up some mistakes. I often wonder why aren't they already doing that. You know, maybe from my perspective, it's harder to understand because, as you know, Riley, I was one of those guys when it came to athletics. I was the last guy in the gym and the first to leave, so I never really worked hard. Uh, but why aren't they already doing that? Why aren't they working harder? Why aren't they cleaning up the mistakes? It's, it can't be as simple as that. Well, I don't, I don't think it's that simple. I think what coaches are trying to say is that there's been a lack of focus at certain times during the game. And I think one of the things that I remember from playing college football that it was a lot different than just high school football or any other game that I participated in is just how long the games are. I mean, I, 
I remember in college, the first time that I started a game, it was in junior college, and the 15-minute quarters and the clock stopping and just different things that happen, it, it takes a lot more to win, and it takes a higher level of concentration to play well for a whole four quarters than it did in high school. So I think when coaches bring that kind of stuff up, I think they're talking about focus. I think they're talking about it's not about working harder. It's about, like, are you able to stay focused on what your job is and what the detail is and what your assignment, your alignment, and your technique is for a whole four quarters? And I think what happens is, is sometimes as you're going along and maybe you're winning some games and you're feeling good about yourself is you, you kind of forget about that focus. And I think coaches forget about it. I think players forget about it. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, it, it may be that, for example, on defense, there may be a guy running wide open down the field for a post play, but the quarterback didn't have his eyes there and wasn't ready to throw the ball to him. And he threw a little hitch on the outside and it didn't hurt you. But the next team is going to see that on film and they're going to they're going to take advantage of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it, all of these games and, and, and this is so cliche, but it's but I, I really feel like it's true. Peyton Manning used to always say that, you know, games come down to four or five plays. Every single game comes down to four or five plays. The problem is you just don't know which four or five plays those are. And so you have to have extreme focus and high concentration on every play during the game or it can cost you and your teammates. So the Aggies just have to tighten up a few of these details or it's been a month since they won and there's just a fundamental issue with how good they are. Which one of those do you buy? Right right now, I, I'm feeling like there's a fundamental issue on how good they are. I mean, if you look through the statistics, they're not – they're terrible on third and seven plus. So, I mean, I think I think Jordan Love is something like 17 of 38 when it's third and seven. And you go, okay, well, everybody's bad on third and seven. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a high number of pass plays – there's a high number of things that are happening there. So that means on first and second down, they're not running the ball very well. That means on second down, they're not getting plus yardage to get themselves into a third and six or less. And you're right, everybody has a high high percentage of completions, a high percentage of, of third down conversions when it's third and five or less. But that that's a result of the concentration on first and second down. And I feel like... The offensive line for Utah State has struggled. Um, I don't. I don't feel like the run game is particularly as good as it has been. I think that receivers have dropped the ball for Utah State, and I think that makes it hard on a quarterback sometimes. But I also think we have to we have to start looking at Love and just saying, look, you need to play better because there are plays where there's guys wide open and he needs to make the throw, and there's guys there's times where he is receiving blocking. And he and everything is fine, and he's just not making the play. And so I think, I think he has to step up. I mean, I I know that this is a this is a guy that before the season started was a Heisman Trophy type candidate. Um, that doesn't mean he was going to win it at Utah State, but it was nice to be included in the conversation. He's still being included in the conversation for being drafted to the NFL, but right now he needs to play better. Uh, I, and I think that's just an easy statement. And I think he knows that. I think. I think he's probably – I mean, when I watched him in the in the Nevada game, I was like, man, this guy is pressing. I don't know if he has some sort of, like, false pressure on himself as to what he has to do. And then when I watched him in the Air Force game again, I, 
I thought the offensive line didn't block as well in that game, but I still felt like he was pressing in some ways. And he's just got to relax and just play and and just let the game come to him because right now he's really pressing to get better, and I, I think that's a hard situation to be in. And so this is going to be this is going to be a tough game for Utah State. I, it, you know, when I when I think about it, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for them to be able to run the ball with this offensive line, and that's with a defensive line that's not that great for BYU. So Utah's got the massive game. Is it November they're going to gag, or is this a new November and Tyler Huntley's playing so well and the defense is so awesome that come one, come all, we're going to beat everybody? Boy, it would be really hard for me not to imagine Utah winning this game. I, I but but that being said, it's very tough to run the table, and and we've all talked about this. We've talked about how there's always a game that we scratch our heads. There's always a game that doesn't doesn't work out exactly the way that we thought it was going to be, and maybe that was just the USC game. Maybe it's not, but I, I mean, I, I have a hard time watching the way the University of Utah is playing defense, the way Tyler Huntley's playing offense. I have a hard time thinking anything but wins for the University of Utah for the rest of the, the season. Now, will USC trip up? I don't know. I mean, it, it looked like maybe they're going to trip up against Colorado and they came back and won that game. But, man, it would be hard to pick against the University of Utah with Moss back, with Huntley playing the way he is and the defense playing the way they are. We spoke to Andy Ludwig. He's not available very often. They rotate through assistant coaches. There's two assistant coaches available every Tuesday. That's it. During the season, you know, you right. talked to him in spring football forever. But during the season, that's it. And so Andy Ludwig was available this week. PK and I went up and spoke to him. And the only reason he wouldn't go full bore praising Tyler Huntley is he wants him to play like this for five more games. I mean, he wanted, he was asked about a letter grade and he wanted to give him an A, but he gave him an A minus because he's got to do it for five more games. It's like, you know, you can't have an A yet because the final exam isn't here yet, basically. When you see Tyler Huntley, do you see him, see him playing at that level? Because we know coaches like to criticize players. You know, there's one more thing you got to do. And that was really the only thing that he would say is, well, he's got to do it five more times. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with Andy. I mean, I, I think that's that would also be the grade that I would give the team, right? Like, like people are saying this defense is amazing and this defense is doing that. And I, I totally agree with everyone, and my thought is, my thought is, okay, you just have to finish the season, though. You got to continue, you got to continue this path for five more games. And I and I do think that Tyler's played at an amazing level. If if you would have told me that he was playing at this level of football at the first of the year, I would have had a hard time believing it. Other than the fact that I think Andy Ludwig's a great coach, and he gets quarterbacks' eyes in the right place, and he gives them a chance to be really successful. But, man, it's it's a high level of football that's going on. And when you can run the football the way the Utes are and then be surgical in your attack in the passing game and play this kind of defense, it's it's really scary. This is as good as I've felt about the Utah teams since, you know, 2008, maybe even 2004. 2004 when they were playing such good offense and, and running all over the place. So it'll be interesting – to see if they can continue this in the Pac-12. And if they do, I'm willing to give Utah the rating of, of maybe the best Utah team that's ever played 
maybe the best team in the state of Utah that's ever played if they're able to finish out five, six more games like this. The best team in the state of Utah ever? Riley Jensen, you just declared that? <gasps> no. I, 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 there was a caveat. If they a caveat? This way. Yeah, I mean, look, they have to finish. But right now, all signs are pointing to that they could do this. And they look really good right now. I mean, I, well, I, mean, I can't. I can't say enough nice things about them. I mean, I would not want to play against this defense. And normally I love a team that blitzes and plays man-to-man defense because somebody's going to slip, somebody's going to be out of position, and you can get big plays. And you're just not getting big plays against these guys. And so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Washington's going to be a big test. And I think when Eason is on, he's really good. And, you know, Washington is going to be well-coached. They're going to have some things prepared for him. Mm-hmm. But – I think Utah's up to the task. That's his caveat. I'm not picking against him. Did you know that Riley speaks French, DJ? I did. (laughs) I actually knew that. That's his caveat. Now, can you can you spell caveat? Because that's a big word, Riley, for a Utah State guy. C A V I A T. Leave me alone. <laughs> I that, was a quarterback. That dude. was well I, played, Riley. I think it's Timor Wacker. I think it's E, not I. A caveat. That's what I get when I go to the dentist. <laughs> don't, don't tease me for using big words. Come on, man. What, what is this? What is this? Another what? day with PK. What are you hey, talking about? what do I know, man? I'm the last guy to the gym and first to leave. <laughs> and you know why you get you know a, a lot. And you know why you get away with that? Why? Because you've arrived. Oh yeah, have you heard I've arrived, Riley? Oh, who who told you that you've arrived? The Listen, man, the myth, the legend. It's still a work really? in progress, though. You've never arrived unless you're PK. <laughs> Just threw that out in the middle of the Kyle Monday press conference. He said, you've arrived. You know, that's, you know that's the enemy to all greatness, is thinking you've arrived. Fact. You've never arrived, unless you're PK. <laughs> <laughs> I've arrived. So poo-poo on you. You hey, can man. know what you can do with your caveats. <laughs> <laughs> you can stick them in your body you caveats. I just don't want you throwing quotes out there that are going to like get me in trouble. Like best team ever in Utah, and with a caveat. C A V I T C A V I T. Leave me alone. With a caveat, then jeez, so hoity-toity, Riley Jansen. Hey, Riley. Well, Utah. Well, you has been used a lot with me. I mean, I get that all the time. Like, oh, hoity toity. That guy. That guy. He's a first team all whacker. That guy, Riley Jetson, he's hoity toity. I knew it. Speaking of hoity toity, let's talk about USC, the University of Spoiled Children. And let's talk about their ability to beat Oregon because Utah might be the best team ever in the state of Utah, but if USC doesn't lose again, they're not winning the Pac-12 South. If SC wins out, it's over. This looks on paper like easily USC's most difficult game. Is Oregon going to do what the Utes want and beat the Trojans? Well, I, I certainly I certainly think you have to hope so. Watching Oregon play last Saturday, if they can run the ball the way that they've been running it, I think Oregon looks like the clear favorite to me, and certainly I'm, I'm cheering, I'm cheering for Oregon to win, and I'm cheering for Utah to win because 
USC's got to get this off their, excuse me, the Pac-12 has got to get this off their back a little bit. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to see, you know, two one-loss teams yeah. going into the Pac-12 championship and then really sure. make make the college playoff, make a decision about the Pac-12 and, and, and respecting those teams as maybe two teams that, that could play in the playoff and should be included in the yeah. playoff because they haven't really been included. They haven't been allowed to the table yet. Well, particularly when you get to Santa Clara, it's not like, oh, is the winner going to get in the playoff? It's been basically already established that the winner is not going to the playoff. You're still playing for the Rose Bowl, and that's a big deal, but it would be cool if the winner had a shot to get to the playoff. It would still be in discussion. Normally when we get there, that's not in discussion. Right. Right. I I mean – I do think it would be good for the conference. I think it would be good for the Utes. I think it would be good for Oregon yeah, and for whatever happens totally. going, going, going forward. And so I think, I think if, you're a, if you're a Utah fan and you're a Pac-12 fan, you need to be rooting for Oregon. And I, I, I really feel like Oregon's going to win. And I think, I think that USC game was a one-off for the Utes. I think they slipped a little bit mentally. And now they're playing really good football. And, and, I'd, and I'd like to see them have an opportunity to play not only for the Rose Bowl, but for, for a playoff. I think that'd be great for the state of Utah. Riley, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. There's our college football insider, Riley Jensen. When we come back, the best of the Jazz postgame show, The Jazz and the Clippers, next. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz get the win. They beat the Clippers 110-96. to Big third quarter. Jazz win the third quarter 38-20. Mike Conley has his breakout game, 29 points. He made 11 of his 17 shots. It's not like that fixes everything for him statistically. It feels good to break out of it. But I think he's got several more big games coming because he was just so bad for so many games. He's shooting 20% after five games. I mean, this was obviously a game where he shot really well, but there's more to come because he's got to get that shooting percentage up higher, and it's going to happen. I just I don't think there's any doubt. Whether he'll do it in five games in a row, you know, I can't uh, – they can't speak to that, but he's going to pump it up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. All right, Jazz get the win. Let's get to the best of the postgame show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz moved to 4-1 and one last night with a win over the Clippers, 110-96. to True, Kawhi Leonard was not there for the Clippers, but the big story of the night, the emergence of one Mike Conley. Absolutely terrific. 29 points on 11 of 17 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3 at 5 assists. 18 of those points came in the third quarter when the Jazz pulled away from the Clippers and really never looked back. Of course, Mike Conley, the big story earlier in the season, because early in the season, because he has not played very well. Well, he stormed onto the scene last night, no doubt about it. And the Jazz come away with uh, with a win in a game uh, against the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard that they probably should have won. Let's let you hear from all the post game sound. Let's start off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. As a person, you know, what what does this mean for Mike Conley and and uh, kind of getting off his yeah. start to the season. Well, I, I, if, if he had had a couple games like he did in the middle of the year, we wouldn't be be talking about it that much. So I, and I don't – it's good to see him play well. You know, I, I thought some of it was just him getting comfortable and relaxing. Um, it was also him making really good reads and, you know, getting his shoulders on the rim, playing downhill, and just taking what the defense gave him. And that's who he is. Um 
so I, I don't want to make too big a deal of it. But it's good, to, you know, it's good for him to play well. And you know, when players play well, usually the team plays well. So he, I thought he mixed it up too. He took a shot and got to the rim and got Rudy some some easy stuff, and it was good all the way around. Coach, uh, what can you say about the the second unit, Joe, Manuel, Ed, uh, and what they brought? I, I know single game plus minus obviously can be unreliable, but uh, it seems but like we're going to talk about plus minus. I'm going to reference okay. it. real yeah, box plus minus or just this yeah, plus just minus. The, just the single okay. one here. Single game plus minus because it's on the stat sheet. Um, regardless of what the numbers say, they they actually, as you pointed out, they they're good. Um, but I thought that group really came in. And uh, you know, play defense first of all, and when you get that kind of effort defensively, usually it turns into good stuff offensively, and they were able to convert. So in, in this case, the plus minus I think tells the story of a group that came in and you know not only played hard defensively but played together. Well, uh, Mike was obviously a huge catalyst for that third quarter run. What else kind of? Change the energy after after you guys had given up that run to end the second quarter. Yeah, I I, I just thought our I thought our defense picked up. Um, we felt like they were getting into the lane a little too easily, and we were fouling. And um, those things kind of go together. I thought we were we just were better on the ball. Our pursuit of the ball handlers, where we got some contests from the guards without kind of getting cracked and, and falling off. So I, I think our effort. Um, in particular on the ball defensively w- was good, and that was a catalyst for, for what we did on the other end. Jason in the background. Hey there, Coach. If Knowing that uh, they were without their two best players, and you said earlier today that you know you never really can count on those kind of things because the other team's going to come to play, how important was it to get this win knowing what, uh, the opportunity they were? Yeah, I mean, that? tremendously important. You know, I, I mentioned before, I mean, this is their... their they're one of the best teams in the league, and tonight, as you mentioned, you know, obviously Kawhi didn't play, and Paul George is is still, uh, you know, recuperating. So, um, you know, that that their identity as a team is is one of, you know, they play hard and they play together, and they do that no matter who's on the floor, and um, and we've been on the other end of that. Um, and obviously, Patrick Beverly is one of the best defenders in the league. You know, lose one of the best scores in the league. Um, Montrez is a guy that you know when you flipping channels, you you stop and watch him and how how hard he plays. So um, it's a credit to Doc and and their whole team. They're a team that has you know a tremendous character, and they're able to they win games regardless of who's on the court. It's now five games where you guys have allowed 96 points or fewer. Uh, are you surprised to the degree that the switch has flipped from the preseason where, you know, obviously things were very different? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're working at it, you know, and, and I think just like the offensive end, we got to continue to find continuity. I think the same is true of the defensive end. And, you know, there's going to be teams that, that have big nights against you and, to the extent that you minimize those and minimize those runs, um, that's all we're trying to do. And I think our guys take pride in the defensive end, and um, it's going to get harder. And we got to we got to keep getting better. 
There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder talking about defense as usual as his team beat the Clippers 110-96. to Coach Snyder also feeling good for uh, for Mike Conley. And we'll hear Mike a little bit later on in the show talk about this. But uh, Coach Snyder just kind of telling him to be him and that uh, the production will come. And it, uh, it certainly did last night in the win over the Clippers. All right, let's uh, move on and let you hear now from Rudy Gobert. I mean, for me, it was just trying to get him open, you know, just trying to get him open and... Uh... You know, he did a great job bringing the defense and knocking out the shots or driving the lane when when he needed to. How would you evaluate your defense tonight, too? It was another game 100, under 100. I think we did a great job, you know, beside maybe the end when they when they, they went small and they hit a few threes. Took us a minute to, to figure it out, but beside that, we did a great job overall. Legitimately worried about the defense in preseason? Is, are you surprised at how quickly the switch is flipped? It's not really a... Not about being worried. We just needed uh, some urgency, and it wasn't there, you know. And now, if we start every game with a sense of, of urgency, and we communicate the way we did, and and also have that toughness that we that we have every night, you know, uh, we're gonna be, I think, the best defensive team in the league. Is this about as focused as any team you've had a chance to be around? Mm, not as focused as a French national team, but. Ah, <laughs> When we beat USA, that was great. Sorry. Anyway, it's in the past. It's in the past. You found an interesting no, way. Seriously, seriously, um, we we all have the same goal, and I feel like this year everyone is really uh, sacrificing for that goal. And when we are on the same page and we all strive to to attain the same goal, usually great thing happens. You talk about everybody wanting the same goal. But how difficult is it to have this many guys with the same definition of what it takes, that unselfishness? And everybody wants to be unselfish but that, and, and be a hard worker, but it seems like everybody has the same definition of what that means. Uh, we have a lot of guys that understand the game and that you know, know that if they make the teammate shine, you know, they, the team going to shine and they're going to shine. And we need to all have that mentality. And when we do, you know, we, I, mean, I don't think any team can guard us. You know, and I already think a lot, not a lot of team can score on us. But if we're able to play that way, offensively too, you know, we, we become a, a very tough team on both ends. Was there anything that happened this morning that gave you that feeling about Mike, or was it just a feeling? Well, just a feeling. I, I can I can feel things. You know. The second unit really had kind of a really strong stretch that kept the game in hand for you guys. Uh, what what really happened during that time? What did the guys do out there that made them so successful? I think they did a great job defending, first of all. You know, they, they held them to I don't know how many points in, in the hand of the first quarter and, and also beginning of the second quarter and uh, just moved the ball offensively, you know. And, when we do that, I think our bench can really, can really dominate games, and, and tonight they, they were key. You know, they did a great job uh, putting a, a footprint on that game. What was going through your mind during that third quarter when Mike started to go off? I mean, it was just, it was just fun. You know, it was just fun to watch, and, and I was just trying to, you know, make sure I, I do everything I can to, to get him open. And, you know, he was just, he was just playing great. It, it wasn't like he was making anything unbelievable, you know, it was just making the right play and knocking down the shots or getting to the lane and, you know, and, and finish at the, the rim. All right. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you.
That was Rudy. Rudy, five of seven from the field. Uh, he had 13 points. Uh, he had two block shots to go along with seven rebounds. Struggled a little bit from the line, going three of eight, uh, coming off a night where uh, against Phoenix where he had gone 11 of 12. But uh, Rudy, of course, uh, another very solid effort, solid on the defensive end as the Jazz held their opponent under 100 points again for the fifth time out of uh, out of five this season. All right, let's now let you hear from Donovan Mitchell. Was it just him doing the same things and finally breaking? Same reps, just shooting them with confidence, you know. Um, biggest thing is he stuck with it. You know, I think that's what makes him such a, a great player, stuck with it. And that's like, he's going to have a lot of nights like tonight. You know, I think this is the beginning, like I said um, before. But this is it felt great for us him and I feel great for us. You watch the fans tonight, they're chanting his name. How, how can you describe what it's like to play for a fan base that's appreciative of you when things are not going well? to know that eventually things are coming. I think it just it gives you that much more support. You know, I think it's it's one of those things where you just feel confident coming back in. You know, they're always going to support you. Even when my rookie year, when things were, were down on us, you remember that? Like, you know, there was never like a we suck type vibe or anything. It was just like, we're going to find a way, you know. And I think, you know, Mike's experiencing that for the first time. And, you know, the, the fan base is incredible. Bench seemed to really get into it. I mean, obviously, getting excited for anyone playing well, but is that a testament to just kind of who Mike is for this? Team? Yeah, for sure. I think we all, we all, like I said, we all felt it. You know, I think we all felt his excitement. Mike's pretty a, a pretty calm guy, and he was yelling and screaming. So once he, we saw that, we were kind of, you know, feeding off that too. That little rotation adjustment where you're playing with the second unit, what does that do for your offensive game to go up against um, the second unit? I think it allows me to just continue to be aggressive. Um, I think for me, just finding my ways to attack, you know, I think coming into the game, getting into it, you know, getting into a groove with Mike, Boyan, and, and Rudy, and then coming out and then coming back in and getting uh, in a groove with, with Joe, you know, that we've had since, you know, since I got here. I think it, it makes it a, a lot easier, but um, I, I, I like it. You know, Sorry, you've talked about how, you know, you've had guys like Kawhi and Paul George guarding you for the whole game rather yeah. than, you know, what do you add in your rookie year? Now you kind of yeah. get a chance to play against second unit defenders. Is that? I mean, I don't, I don't go and look at it like it's going to be easier. I think for me, just continuing to just do what I do, you know, just trying to get the same looks and then create, you know, I think just making it a little bit easier myself. You know, obviously having guys like Mike and, and Joe and Boyan and guys who's trying to take the pressure off and then E at the point, you know, as well. You remember last year there were times where I to the point for pretty much the, the whole game. So it just allows me to kind of just relax and also focus on the other end too a lot more and be a, be a better defender. What are you seeing from Emmanuel out there? Um, he's being aggressive. You know, I think for a guy like him, just continue to be aggressive. Obviously, there are times where he's attacking, you know, and he, um, what I say, he, he drives and he kicks, you know, he's picking up defenders, being able to do it all. I think he's provided a huge spark for us, especially in the second unit. Supreme confidence on defense, the way you guys go about it with a business-like attitude. Is that the way it feels while you're on the yeah. floor? Too? I think for us, just continuing the build. You know, obviously with the preseason we had, we wanted to make that a little bit of an urgency. And I think now, like, we're really sticking with it and really making it a point to, to keep teams, you know, in, in the 20s and in quarters. And I don't know how many points they scored tonight. I think we held them under 100. I think that's been it's been the theme. We just got to keep doing it. Yeah, that, that you guys feel like you can dictate the terms when you I want. Think, on yeah, I end. think, like I said, defense travels. You know, defense is the one thing we can always control. You can't control whether the ball goes in or not, but you can control, you know, defense and your effort and your urgency, and I think we have, we've done a great job of that. Mid-range looks pretty automatic for you at the moment. You feeling on a different just, comfort level? I think there? for me it's just, just being comfortable and I think just slowing down, patience, 
Um, a lot of times it was either <clears throat> a three or getting all the way to the rim. So now just finding gaps. And, you know, when you're hitting that, the, get, the big has to get up, and then that's when you get to the rim and stuff like that. So just being patient. Like I said, I've been trying to just slow down, you know, this year, and I think I've been doing a solid job of that. There's such an emphasis on, like, paint twos and threes and all that. Sometimes is that mid-range shot it's forgotten. the best shot? It's forgotten, I think. And I think that's – you look at some of the best scorers in the league, you know, like a Kawhi, a, a PG, um, uh, maybe not Harden as much, but, you know, look at guys like that, the guys who can get into uh, the mid-range, knock shots down consistently. I think that's one thing that I'm trying to elevate in my game. Guys, that's Donovan Mitchell. Emmanuel. Let's go back to you. Donovan Mitchell, 24 points last night, five boards, two assists, a very efficient 10 of 17 from the field. And you heard him talking about it right there. Donovan only took two threes last night. He was 0 of 2. But he's talking about how that mid-range jump shot uh, has become more comfortable for him. Or I should say the mid-range game because it's not always a jump shot. He also mixed in that uh, that floater. But he's getting more comfortable with that and seeing those shots and and certainly making them efficiently uh, for his big night with uh, with 24 points. All right, let's wrap things up with the post-game sound with the man of the hour, Mike Conley, here's what he had to say. You know, had a lot of confidence coming in, playing in this kind of offense. You always talked about how this kind of game would come. At what point tonight did you sense that this was going to be a pretty special night for you? Um, I think early in that third quarter, you know, you hit hit one and hit two, and you just kind of feel it going, and um, you feel the energy from the crowd, the te- you know, the teammates, and it's like, all right, yeah, this is, this is the game. So, um Man, I knew it was going to come, you know, hate that it had to start this way, but um, hopefully it's the beginning of, you know, the positive mic, you know, so. As the crowd is calling your name, and I mean, it's, it's October 30th, the crowd's calling your name, you're playing that way. Did you sense they had the same feeling you did about uh, what it means to play like that, especially in this building? Oh, yeah. Um, man, I've never experienced that before in, you know, 13 years of playing basketball, and um, especially October 30th, you know, that was – um, that's unique. It was special. Uh, I could tell they were feeling like I was. You know, they were they were waiting and had a lot of energy built up and um, you know just emotional. So uh, it was great. It was great to feel that. You've never had your name chanted ever. I have, but not. You know, I mean, it seemed like every time I touched the ball, I heard my name going, and um, you know, it was it was you know it was special. You said before that. The misses didn't feel any different. Did did tonight feel any different or not? You're still <laughs> no. I was shooting the same the same type of shot. So I think once I saw a couple go in, I was you know you just feel a little bit more confident um, with each one and letting it go. So, uh, but yeah, I was getting the same looks that I've been getting all you know all year so far. And you know you can't shoot any worse. So I think you know, eventually it's gonna it's gonna fall. Coming in, Emmanuel said you did something different. What did you do different to prepare for this game? Everything. <laughs> I did everything different. No, I. Uh, um, they tried. They had to pull me off the court this morning. I was gonna shoot, keep shooting. And they're like, no, just save them, save them, save them. I'm like, but I gotta, I gotta keep shooting. I keep, get the, you know, get this rhythm. And they're like, no, you're gonna be fine. And my teammates were all behind me. Emmanuel, um, you know, my point guard is always behind me, always, you know, in my ear. And. Uh, coach, you know, pulled me aside and said, "Hey, man, just just be you. You know, don't worry about anything. Just, you know, I, that's you know, I play like myself, and um, and that's what we all envision." You expected this defense to be connected and tough and all of that. In some ways, with just how well you guys have played when at your optimal level, has it exceeded at least mildly some of the expectation? You might have. Had? 
Um, like as far as how well just it's how been. early, how well, yeah. How early, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think it's funny. Like I, we saw a little bit of the numbers earlier today when we were working, but um, we still feel like we got a long way to go. Like there's a maybe because coach only shows our, our negative plays, <laughs> but um, you know we just we're, we're so grounded. We're still worried about every little detail, and um, and we do have a long way to go. I think we will we will get there defensively, and uh, offense will follow off that. What you think about that? <laughs> Is it? Oh. Uh, Donovan Mitchell criticizing the sweatshirt. I didn't. I didn't make the shirt. I, I just bought it. <laughs> Looks good. Thanks, Mike. All right, thank you, guys. That's Mike Conley. Let's go back to you. Mike Conley, 29 points, 11 of 17 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3. Certainly his breakout performance for the Jazz so far this year. And you could tell he was uh, enthused by not only the support from the fans, but from his teammates as well. Jazz now 4-1 on the season. They beat the Clippers last night, 110-96. to Up next for the Jazz, they have a game against the Kings in Sacramento coming up tomorrow night. That game will start at 8, 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on the Zone Radio Network begins at 7. And then uh, don't forget this weekend, the Jazz have a matchup with these this very same Clipper team on Sunday night. So we'll see. Uh, we expect Kawhi Leonard to give it a go in that one. So we'll see what a difference, of course, the best player in the league makes. There's the best of the postgame shows. The Jazz pick up the win. What is trending next? Stay with us.